Welcome to HomeWise, a podcast of Highlands Ministries. Wisdom is essential in building a strong family and home life. Proverbs says that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman tears it down. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Kara Murphy, my wife and the mother of our 10 children, ages 3 to 20. I've been blessed with a wise and godly wife, and over the years I've learned that Christian women appreciate her perspective and need encouragement to rise above the folly of our culture and be home-wise. Well, today on the HomeWise podcast, we're coming to you from someplace completely different. We've moved up to Cincinnati, Ohio, and we are in our hotel room. It seems like we're always <laughs> in our hotel room. Uh, no, it's not that bad, but we are. We do feel like we're in a bit of a hurry up and wait stage here yeah. with uh, Patrick pregnancy, and we're seeing the doctor every Monday and Thursday. Uh, for several weeks here before he's delivered. So that's where we are today. And Kara, we've been in conversation with folks before, with friends uh, from a lot of different places. And uh, the subject of first-time obedience has come up. And it's been really interesting to us to hear people's perspectives on that. You want to share a little bit of what you've heard? Yes. Recently, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I saw an article, uh, a blog post that someone had written that basically said how to get your kids to obey the first time and why you should never expect that. Something along those lines. And curious, because I know that when you write blog posts, when you do anything, you know, you want titles that are thought-provoking or engaging mm-hmm. or that get attention. And certainly that got my attention right away. And I went and read the article and it was it was good in the sense of it, it reminded me of some things I wanted to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, it was not, I did not agree with the author's premise and uh, did not agree with her conclusions. So what was the premise? Um, the, unfortunately she, she gave a, a poorly thought out or illogical argument, okay. which is basically either you get your kids to obey the first time by yelling and screaming and being an angry parent, uh-huh. or you get to the heart of the issues and don't expect first time obedience because uh-huh. that's just quote immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously I... As I read this article, I thought, well, there is a third option. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) There is a way to train your children to first-time obedience in a way that's biblical and where you don't have to repent each time you interact with your child. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately though, I appreciated that article because it, I think it did in a lot of ways express what I see as sort of a spirit of the age within conservative evangelical Christian communities. Um, there's definitely this idea of it's an either or. Either you're you're training your children like they're they're you know mindless animals, or you're recognizing that they are spiritual beings and have a soul and, and you're getting to the heart. Mm-hmm. And we have seen uh thankfully we have seen over our 20-plus years of parenting, we have seen the, the pros and cons of both of those 
differing ideas. And unfortunately, as spiritual as it sounds to quote, get to your child's heart, and we're gonna, we're gonna have some caveats here in a minute, but as spiritual as that sounds, the truth is we have seen that go awry so many times. We have seen not only children who do not follow the command in scripture to obey their parents, and we have seen it do damage within homes where the children become very unruly. And ultimately, it becomes a child-centered way of parenting, Mm -hmm. which is a complete, complete change from what the scripture shows about authority and submission and the way we should relate to one another, husbands to wives, parents to children, and so on. And then it gives those children a false understanding or a wrong way of looking at authority, which then creates all kinds of problems within the church. Sure. So it would be, it would be a really good thing for us to, as much as possible, stay out of the two ditches and to, and to really have a good view on this. So what were these people saying was the alternative to first time obedience? Were they, were they giving a pass to their children? Um, when they didn't obey? Well, the examples this particular author used uh, were more about redirection <laughs> and more about... Um, and, and the one good thing about the article was it did recognize when am I getting upset with my children for being children? Uh-huh. And yet at the same time, as I read the article, at the end of the article, I thought, I don't want to invite those children to my home. Mm-hmm. If they haven't learned how to uh, behave inside in a home, mm-hmm. they're not going to be good guests. Mm-hmm. They're going to destroy our furniture. <laughs> you know, they're going to be selfish and self-centered people uh-huh. who do not see that we love one another by taking care of others' things. Um, but yeah, I think what what I have seen. Um, where I have seen the idea of getting to your child's heart really go awry has been when very emotional mothers are disciplining their children and trying to, quote, get to the heart, and they end up creating this emotional atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, where each infraction that a child would do requires 15 or 20 minutes of a heart-to-heart talk. And and there are absolutely times, absolutely times, when you need to drill down deep with your kids and find out where is this coming from? What is what is behind this thinking, this behavior? Absolutely there are times like that. Rarely in the first 10 years of the child's life, though. I mean, it's pretty simple a lot of the time. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Um, foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. You know, when you go to deal with a under 10 year old, you're dealing with a, you're dealing with either foolishness or childishness. And the discernment there to know which is which is good. But ultimately, if a child continues to be childish when they have been corrected, then you're back to foolishness again. And it's time to deal with it as such. And that doesn't require a long, drawn-out conversation. And unfortunately, what I see, I think 
girls can become emotional messes as a result of it. And you just lose the boys because, you know, they have the attention span of a flea and the self-awareness <laughs> of our cat. You know, they just, you say, what were you thinking? And they just look at you. Like stare. Like. Yeah. So, so what's, what's the big deal about first time obedience? Why, uh, why would we say anything different? on the first-time obedience thing than what these folks are saying. Well, I think there's there's two big things. First of all, Ephesians 6 is very clear. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. right. Honor your father and mother. So there's an expectation in Scripture of first-time obedience. Also, if you want to get a lot broader and you want to see what our Heavenly Father expects, go back and look through some of the stories of his people and see the very dire consequence mm-hmm. that came from... Us as the children of God, not obeying God the first time. You know, want to talk about Moses? He was told to speak to the rock. He got frustrated. He struck the rock. You know, I remember as a kid reading that and thinking, big, big deal. And God said, you're not going into the promised land as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that touched. God said, this is the way to move the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Uzzah. Uzzah. You know, it tries to keep it from falling, touches it, and is struck dead. Yeah. And that's on David. You know, that's that's on his head because he did not obey the Lord and he did not do it in the way that God prescribed. And there's it's all through Scripture. Lot's wife, don't look back. She looks back. She's a pillar of salt. Yeah, we've trained toward first-time obedience from day one. I think so. I don't think we ever thought anything else was appropriate. No, I think um, I think that influence from Elizabeth Elliot and having listened to her program even before the children were born, yeah. and and having heard her talk about the importance of it, really influenced us. And uh, you know, we've we've always thought of the one, two, three counting for your children to <laughs> obey was just training them to obey on three. Yes. So we don't even want to have to say one. Yes. We just want to say what needs to be said, and then they obey. Well, I'm trying to remember the reference, but I think it's Proverbs. I think it's around the 27th chapter. There's a verse that says something to the effect of, discipline your son, and he will give you rest. And obviously, in the process of discipline, that's not always restful thing. And especially when they're young, it is constant. It is all the time. You know, you just feel like sometimes all I'm doing is correcting and training for obedience. This is all I do all day long. And yet I see in our children, in our older children, the fruit of training and teaching obedience. Mm -hmm. And then they they do give you rest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was actually as immediate as after, you know, we would realize... We're letting things go. We're letting them, you know, whether it's dawdle before they obey or speak back in a way, you know, just kind of engage us in conversation rather than obeying the first time. And we would say, okay, no, no, this is not what is expected of you. And we would go through with the children. Okay, you're going to practice this. You're going to be, you know, we expect when we speak to you, say, yes, ma'am. If you need to make an appeal, that's fine. But first you say, yes, ma'am, and you start doing it, you know, and allowing, uh, going back and sort of review, going back to the basics. And we'd spend a couple of intensive weeks practicing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know what? It was restful. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, we have the new baby coming. So that's all going to 
you know, change. But right now, when we take our, when I, or Lizzie and I, take the six-year-old to 12-year-old to the library, it is so easy. They have learned how to behave in the library. They've learned how to, and that's five of them. Okay, so we're bringing a, a crew in. They, it is restful. It is not stressful anymore. Now, when we had toddlers and preschoolers and they were still in the learning time, that wasn't as restful and, and that's okay because they are learning mm-hmm. and, and that is practice for them. But they give me rest. I can literally sit down in a chair where I can see where they're going, prop my feet up if I want to, and they all get their books and they do things and then we come back and uh, we check out and, and nobody's pushing anybody out of the way and nobody's tripping over anything. And, you know, there is a, to, to some degree, there is an immediacy of rest that happens when you've been, when you've well-trained your children. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, the emphasis, I, I mean, I hate to, I, I totally believe that we all have heart issues that we need to deal with. Um, we have done something with our children where we have drawn a little throne, <laughs> little on a cloud, little cane crown over it. And we've taught our children, whose kingdom are you serving? Uh-huh. Are you serving the Kara kingdom? Are you serving God's kingdom? And there are times when we have to stop and, and we see the selfishness. And perhaps we can't even pinpoint exactly what it is. We just know in their heart they're, they're all about themselves. And we'll say, are you serving God's kingdom or are you serving your kingdom? Because this sounds like serving your kingdom. Yeah. And so not to not to say that you shouldn't deal with those heart issues, but it can become this cumbersome, overly emotional, overly analytical, over-the-top sort of pursuit. Yeah. Playing the spirit of God when... when it could be much simpler. Absolutely. Much now, I know this can sound really harsh. It may sound regimented and almost materialistic, or not materialistic, militaristic to expect this within a home, when in familial relationships. And the, the, the final condemnation that always comes down is it's just not loving. And uh, we would disagree. That, Strongly. Yeah, we believe that it's actually a very loving thing to discipline your children to this point, because when they get to that point, that's usually when they are the happiest. Absolutely. And the most cheerful, and they know what to expect. Right. And life is pretty simple. And making a mistake, that. making a mistake, and, and even sinning, doesn't create emotional trauma in their life. <laughs> it doesn't become yeah. this uh, overly burdensome... Right. Um, and we have seen, we have seen kids who deal with false guilt, kids who become in some ways like perfectionists. Yeah. Because, you know, they're beating themselves up for being a sinner by nature. Yeah. Well, what does, what does a mother with three little ones do when she's being pressured, uh, or, or feeling the guilt and wanting to get to the heart every time? Uh, and we are not denying that there are heart issues in Absolutely. play. We're just saying they're usually much more straightforward and simple. Right. And as a parent, you learn to discern them quickly and move on. Yes. Uh, and they are selfishness and childishness. Yeah. 
nests and things like that. Yep. But what does she do when she's got three or four little ones and one child needs this five or ten minutes away with mom and she leaves? Well, that was our our biggest... She goes um, out for ten minutes, spends time with this little one, and yeah. the others are unattended. Yeah, unfortunately, that was our, our biggest... Um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff in shepherding a child's heart. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. but the no. whole you have to remove them from the situation was completely unrealistic for a large family. Yeah. Because as soon as I do that, I've just left a, a three year old unattended with a newborn. You know, <laughs> um, that's downright dangerous. Right. So you're not going to do that. No, and and I I we kind of explained to our kids, and and I do think I do think there comes a stage, an age, where you might need to have private dealings mm-hmm. and private conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a little little later for boys than for girls because girls tend to be more embarrassed easily. And But they're also, at that age, old enough to you go and when I can, I will come. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't lost it. For example, um, um, when Luke was young, when and I'm sure it's for a lot of boys, but he had such a short attention span. If you sent him and then you joined him, He'd already forgotten what he'd done. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget. He'd been walking was, out of the room. He was out of the situation. To another part of the house. Yeah, he was out of the situation. He moved on two or three steps away from what just happened. Yeah, and you, not only would you not, quote, get to the heart, you wouldn't even get him to even remember what he'd done. <laughs> um, he just, he just, you know, that was just something that we learned real quickly, that we had to keep him in the situation. Sometimes we had to even act it out. Yeah. And say, and then you got to this point, and then what did you do? Oh, you started to hit someone, you know, and okay, now we need a discipline. So this is not the don't get to the heart of your children's issues podcast? No, no. Uh, Because we would, we would, we would say definitely, absolutely, that's really critical and important and need to look at it. But look at patterns, talk about it together as husband and wife. Uh, talk with your child about it when it's not a conflict moment. Right. And that, that is a really key thing is being proactive. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take much to watch and say this child who hoards his toys, who hoards his food, who, you know, hides his things from other people. This is a selfish child. And so, you know, or he's insecure or he's got some kind of issue. Right. Causing an insecurity. And so now we've got to look at it and go teach proactively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the case, I'm thinking of in the case of the selfish child, the first thing we need to do is start, you know, with the positive. Look at, you know, what's he doing wrong here? What should he be doing right? Well, Christians are generous. Christians give to others. We actually go out and earn money so that we have money to share with others. Yeah. And so that child needs to be practicing those things. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily every time you see them selfish, you know, behaving selfishly. A lot of times you don't need to spend much time at all. You can say, Hey, we've talked about this. Remember? And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, Oh, you brought their attention to what that heart issue is. And then you move on from there. You yeah. don't, you don't, you know, quote 14 scriptures necessarily and, yeah. and have to, you know, have them feel the weight of their sin, which we're is, gonna, we're going to talk more. In our next podcast, why don't you tell, get, set them up for that and we'll close this one out. Well, it was interesting because even before I read that article, I had already thought about um, talking about the difference between correction and training for obedience. And um, we use those terms and we often think we're doing one thing when we're actually doing another. Mm-hmm. And um, so so hopefully we'll be able to give some real practical tri- uh, tips on... Um, how to stop correcting and start training for obedience. 
Hello, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode of HomeWise with Steve and Kara Murphy. If you have a moment and you are of the mind, please make a donation to Highlands Ministries to help support these podcasts. Uh, you can go to the website at highlandsministriesonline.org and there's a Donate Now button. You can sign up for a one-time donation or a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated, and if we get like a million monthly supporters, we will do this from the beach. <laughs>